Welcome back. Thank you. And um, today we are going to our episode of Schooled, the podcast, a podcast where teachers tell war stories from their classrooms to share the wisdom that they won with the rest of us. It's going to be taking a slightly different tack. We're going to be talking about politics, music and teaching, um, even in this unprecedented uh, era of news, as they like to say on MSNBC. I know that you have a story you might like to share with us about where that really intersected for you. Yeah, um, where to start? So as a as a band director, early on in my career, it was a great, exciting gig to, uh, to land for my students to start playing the national anthem at uh, area sports games. Um, and, you know, we didn't have a marching band program. It wasn't something that we did at school uh, frequently. Uh, but we aimed for, aimed for the big leagues, literally. And so we started playing every year at a national major league baseball stadium. And it was just exhilarating to be out in the field and, and performing the national anthem. Well, around 2016, Colin Kaepernick's uh, protest of kneeling bringing attention to the unprecedented and uh, violence against police violence against uh, African-American men in particular was really taking hold nationally and really clearly resonant in my community of students of color. And we were planning for our performance. There was student initiated. Uh, so it's an honor band around the city. And in my classroom, as well as many of my colleagues' classrooms, as we were preparing for the for the national anthem performance, it was clear that students wanted to do something. When you said an honor band, what do you mean? So we have uh, students that audition all around the district to participate in in the honor band performances, and um, they they meet certain requirements. And so it was it was not just from one school. So we had a, I believe that year we had a, about a hundred. Uh, 120 kids participating and it was clear they wanted to do something so it was clear that the students were going to kneel at some point um, and so we had discussions in our in all of our classrooms about what it means to, to take to protest what does it mean to um, a nonviolent protest uh, for something that you believe in um, what does participating in the political discussion and uh, making a public statement about your ideals and uh, what's important to you. And are, st are young people able to participate in that conversation? Or do you have to be a voting age or, you know, or a star like Colin Kaepernick in order to do that? There was really little precedent of youth participating in that conversation in that way at that time in 2016. So you were aware that something might be coming up and other musical directors in the district were also aware of it absolutely okay we, we... and was the administration at that point the administration was not okay. alerted to it mm -hmm. um we started talking about well how do we handle this do we shut it down are you talking between music right. teachers right um, right the music teachers we discussed do we encourage it do we shut it down do we let it really be their own conversation Mm -hmm. So we all felt compelled to hold the space in our in our classrooms to have a dis have this discussion. So there were days that we that we looked at the history of of, of the national anthem itself and discussed other anthems, um, 
uh, this land is your land, uh, God bless America, and other anthems from other countries around the world. Uh, Finlandia by the great composer Sibelius comes to mind in which the lyrics say something like, we love our country, but we can also understand that you love yours. And we have these beautiful mountains and, and streams and beaches, but you probably have something beautiful in your country too. I'm paraphrasing, of course. <laughs> but it's really a wonderful... A very different kind of national anthem. It's a very different anthem, thing. Right. Yes, exactly. In, mm-hmm. in our national anthem, we talk about uh, victory and, and violence and, and winning. You know, the war is won and our flag is still there. And there are actually are other verses that we don't sing uh, nowadays that talk about uh, talk about slavery. It's quite a uh, Francis Scott Key really penned quite a, a different. Uh, there's there's more to the story. So we really let student leadership take hold. And when we when we got the the uh, when we left our own classrooms and had our rehearsals, that's where we let student leadership really take hold and the students said this is what we want to do um you can do what you want to do there were students it was left up to choice um you know some of the older students said there are many of us who really feel compelled to take a knee so then then it was we did take this to administration and administration really got behind us they 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 understood that this is something that students feel very strongly about you have to understand these are students who come from very violent communities and you know some of them come from a very you know violent parts of our city and they've seen police brutality they've seen their own family members mistreated um and they see you know gang violence and poverty and they really live this this reality um so this is not something that any of us teachers could have foisted upon them and said, you know, you're going to do this and participate in this way and make this statement. It wasn't even ours to, to, to give to them. But there, there had been very fertile conversations happening in all of our classrooms. And you had each other, you and the other music directors also had some community to discuss what was going on. So you weren't left hanging out by yourself. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, and we all had our own conflicting feelings about right. it, you know, predicting the backlash, um, worrying about our, our jobs, worrying about um, students who, who might feel like they don't want to make that statement. And, and also our, relation, our professional relationship with the, with the, uh, the baseball franchise who was um, having us there. I mean, what kind of attention does that give them? So we, we did this performance and um, our district communications um, folks were there documenting it and essentially put, put the word out and put it on, on social media. And it spread like wildfire. I mean, this is, you have to understand this is also in 2016, really on the, on the eve of Trump's election. And the responses that we got was everything and and we, I mean, you know, students were picking up on it. They are plugged into social media. They saw that they made national, international news immediately. Um, I learned about Breitbart that day. And, um, you know, uh, Fox News came to interview our students as well as some of the directors. And saying, you know, what, what did you feel about this statement? And, and what does this mean to your community? And... By the same token, we we received, you know, there was vitriolic responses from 
internet trolls who make it their their point to um, laugh at and, and say really pretty mean and nasty things. I tried to shelter my students from that as much as I could, but but they're gonna go on and, and find those things and see the things that you know these very angry people are saying. Um, and we ha- I had some conversations myself with veterans who uh, reached out and said, you know, um, I respectfully disagree with what your students are, are kneeling and, and, and what their statement is and, um, and how, you know, every member of my family for the last several generations have fought in the wars and, you know, you, you're, you're really disgracing us. And, uh, but had some really interesting but civil conversations mm-hmm. with people. I received pretty angry voicemail messages on my classroom phone. Um, there were there was a time when when I didn't feel safe, uh, and and I was worried that um, some angry person would would take it out on on our school or my st- our students. We stationed a, a sec- school security officer at the door for a while. You know, all things came to pass, and we realized that you know people weren't gonna choose this particular episode and and this particular place to respond to so going forward since then the what was what has been the outcome and the learnings for you from this um very searing incident yeah i think uh, the biggest learning piece of learning from this is that our classrooms are microcosms our little uh, laboratories of democracy and young people are very hungry and eager to participate and to have their voices be heard. Um, and they have real and and quite already tangible and informed opinions at their at young ages. And that um, policymakers and leaders in this world can listen to and should be listening to. Um, if we had just kind of taken a, a different stance and kind of squelched the voices of our students... First of all, I don't think they've been as engaged in the material that we're learning and and the and the the things that we're engaging in in class, but they also might um have felt like, well, you know, who am I to to voice my opinion? I think the learning experience is to give them ownership of the conversation because these are near future voters. Absolutely, and, and leaders. Right. And so to make sure that people actually vote mm-hmm. is incredibly important to our the future of our whole mm-hmm. democracy. But I think one of the lines, which is quite an, a difficult one to navigate, is the line between sort of proselytizing one's own political beliefs, allowing student beliefs to well up and to be heard, and to make sure that you don't also squish kids who might be on another side mm-hmm. of the um, political question. Mm-hmm. So what would you, what do you have to say about you know sort of the teacher's edgy role because we are educators after all educators I like that yeah we need to again meet students where they are and give them a chance to voice their opinions as the educators and as the leaders in the room we can't um, have our own political views be the only guiding direction and I I think it's actually okay for us to share our beliefs, but we also have to have space to listen to others. And um, making art is essentially a revolutionary act. And teaching art is also a revolutionary act. And it can be a revolution in any direction. 
So you, you, you have a paintbrush, you have a musical instrument, you, you have a monologue to deliver. It's going to make a statement in any way. And the nature of art is that you're also pushing on people's emotions, and mm-hmm. that's what's going to guide other people's decisions as well. Yeah, and it's a and it's a megaphone for what you believe in, and and it's a a, a gift. It's a it's a it's a talent that you have that can also bring you, that. I know that my students have learned that it's a um, it's a it can be a vehicle for, for political change, for for social justice, for whatever it is that they they want to, want to bring out there. Um, just in terms of the songs that you choose to perform or where you choose to perform it or if you're standing or kneeling doing it um, or what you're wearing, uh, let alone the lyrics behind and the meaning behind the music. And imagine if you were to combine that power with the power of evidence and logic in, inherent in science mm. with the arts. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look out. Right. Well, thank you very much for your insights on this. Thank you. Happy to participate.